0: The Prophets is a series that screens on Māori television. It traces Na tapewai, the steps of late 19th century, early 20th century prophets, like Te Kirangi ki Te Kōtse, Te Fiti o Rongomai, Tōhuka, Kahi and Roikeinana, which is taking its host, Hedinika, around the country. Hedinika, how did you get involved in the project?
1: Well, originally um, Megan Douglas is the producer uh, at Scotty Productions. They make fantastic shows like Whare Māori*, Whare Tonga*, and um, they came up with this idea. And they actually approached my father um, about presenting it and being involved um, as a consultant. Um, unfortunately, he was getting he was kind of ill at the time, and um, so they were kind of going through me as a as a halfway point that asked me, what would your father think about this? So I was calling him Saddam Hussein, and I was Uday Hussein. My father does not like that proposal. <laughs> so it was one of those strange little, um, I was the mediator. Um, but then, of course, as he got um, uh, sicker and then um, passed away at the beginning of the project, um, they asked me to carry on in his role. So, yes, that's how I um, um, kind of got, got into this.
0: So, just talk through the premise of what the program's about. You're travelling around the Mutsu looking at yeah. prophets?
1: Yes. Well, you know, the Māori prophets, you know, even that term, um, prophets. <laughs> It is hard to define. I mean, it's kind of it's loaded kind of term. It's a it's a biblical term, um, but we're we're travelling around um, looking at various um, faith based communities. Might be another way to, to look at it. Faith based movements in martyrdom, and the people who who started them, um, who we're calling the prophets. Um, yeah, we travel around. Um, there, there was lots of travelling in the filming, um, talking to various. Um, experts, um, but also just the people who believe um, and it's been an amazing experience really.
0: Because what people don't, what mainstream Aotearoa may not realise is that there are pockets, aren't there, around the country that you could maybe look at as being pockets of resistance? Yeah, well you see, this is one of the,
1: the the questions I suppose with with the profits. Uh, um, Judith Binney, um, was a wonderful historian, she was my supervisor for my master's degree and she kind of wrote quite extensively about um some of these movements and some of these leaders, and of course the Courtney, you know, being one, but also Ruakina and others. She kind of positioned the prophets um as resistance movements, especially based around resistance to land loss. And there's a lot of truth in there. But also there's another aspect to, aspect of these movements because they are faith-based leaders. You know, they, were, they came from various prophecies, although the context might have been war, land loss, poverty, um, you know, the challenges our people faced, they also were, were broader than just the mere politics of, of their context and of their situation.
0: So by faith-based hedony, are you talking about, like, secular church-based? I mean, Christianity was just coming into the country at the time of many of those movements?
1: Well, yeah, and again, um, one of the reasons um, we got, uh, we, um, Dad and then I, were asked to to, um, be part of this project was because we are, well, I am an Anglican minister. So, you know, I come at it from a particular um, uh, angle, which is about faith, which is, you know, more than just the politics of the situation or the economics or the sociology. It's it's what do people believe? And so um, this kind of challenge of... um, these These communities um, one of the biggest aspects i suppose of the show is um, the the Bible the pipette Christian but also um earlier um judeo Christian ideas were strongly influential on these movements um, and as it's become less fashionable in martyrdom to, to talk about to engage with these ideas. Um, they've kind of faded into the background and turned these prophets into secular movements, in effect, Um, is one reading of it. And that's Judith Binney's kind of approach. You know, great though it was.
0: So are you myth-busting in a way?
1: Am I myth-busting? Well, you know, um, there's revisionism and then there's revisionism. I mean, you know, if you go to these communities, they've been entirely consistent with how they've understood themselves and seen themselves over... Decades, you know, even centuries. Some of the earlier ones. Um, it's how others have perceived them that is the challenge. And so, as you know, originally, um, you know, parkia histo- history, parkia media portrayed them. You know, the Ho Ho, for example, became the, the synonymous with the bad guys. You know, they were the the Indians to the good cowboys. You know, that kind of that kind of carry on in terms of pre- the way they're portrayed. And as time's carried on, of course, more recently, as we've come to a kind of new understanding of of the importance of our history and of our history in this country, and dealing with some of the um, racial challenges that, that we've had in our history, um, they've come to be seen differently. You know, um, They are now the good guys of the story. Um, and of course, the truth is a bit of both. I mean, um, there were iwi who didn't follow these movements, who, who resisted them, um, there were movements who, the Crown, George Grey, you know, crushed them because they were um, in the way of, of the colonisation project. So, you know, it really depends where you're coming from. But if, but they are, you know, from my point of view, pretty damn heroic in that they stood up against injustice and spoke truth to power. And they paid the price for that and were willing to pay the price.
0: Have you found that they're mainly located in history? Are there any now?
1: Yes. Well, of course, um, that, that's another another kind of challenge. Um, I'm a historian by training. I'm, I'm currently um, doing my PhD in history at Auckland. I did my master's. Um, so, you know, I came to these uh, movements historically, I suppose, as well as from a faith perspective. Um, but, you know, they're vibrant. They're alive communities. They're living. They're not what we might expect. I mean, Te is just huge um, powerful, influential amongst Māoridom, quiet, um, humble, you know, they don't go grabbing power, not like us mihinari, um, but they you know they go they go about their work um, serving their people in their community. And same with the Ringatsu, same with um, you know, the followers of Rua Kenana, the iharaida you know, there these movements still existing across the country.
0: Did you find any of your beliefs shaken?
1: Yes, yes. That was a that was a big part of the journey actually. I, I think I, I did discover along the way that I was very um mehnady centric. You know? <laughs> the whole world was Anglican. Which is which is strange because um, I have Ringatu Whakapapa, um the prophesied over my uh great grandmother and then my grandmother and my father is part of that, that prophecy. In terms of that that connection with the courts, I rugata links. Um, you know, so so, in some ways it was surprising how much I kind of thought about it. But in particular, when I encountered, um, when I talked to the Rākana Farno, um, I kind of realised how I, I was quite prejudiced towards them. I discovered, you know, it's an old standing kind of um, some of these divisions. A bit like um, some iwi, we won't mention names. But,
0: um, <laughs> Like our own perhaps. Well, yes, yeah, possibly,
1: <laughs> possibly. And I married into the north, so I know <laughs> all about these um I love them and their muskets. But it was <laughs> it was the um the yeah, the challenge of breaking down these walls for myself. Really getting past um some of my um, you know, preconceived ideas about them and really coming to, you know, understand where they're coming from was quite an amazing experience. I mean it, it's changed the way I view the world and uh, and myself and my own faith. So.
0: And how did you feel about relaying this a, a, in front of a camera?
1: Oh, yeah. no. Well, you know, being in front of a camera was quite a surreal experience. I, I hate watching myself. When I walk in front of the camera, it's like an eclipse. I <laughs> just hate it. Um, luckily, I had fantastic support. Uh, Tainari Stevens and Libby Hakaraya directors are amazing people. Um, not just in terms of their craft, but in terms of you know their, their way of of comforting you, of encouraging you, it was fantastic. Tony called it called it my grandeur. <laughs> Say, bro, bring your grandeur over here in front of the camera. So, um, so you know, just getting past that was was uh, strange. Um, also, you know, it's a bit of an action packed twenty six minutes each program. Um, Martin Television and, and fair enough said. Uh, their, their, their research said, look, anything longer than half an hour and people just stopped watching, especially younger people, um, younger Māori in particular. Um, so they needed it short and punchy. And so, you know, trying to get these huge ideas into something short and punchy was was quite a challenge to communicate it, to do it justice, um, to not offend, um, but also to kind of give a glimpse of the glory, if you will, um, was was all part of the challenge of presenting this. These ideas, these movements
0: were you scripted at all, had
1: Oh, you know what's a script really um you know it was it was uh we we set out with a script, uh, Michael Bennett, um who's a fantastic um director and writer in his own in his own right, uh, we sat down and did an original script, but then um Tainari and Libby had their um huge input I mean Pinary's done everything there is to do, Marty to my thing, so you know he brought so much to it, and Libby. Um, and then as we got closer, as we actually did the pieces to camera, um, we'd, a lot of it was um, we'd work on it at the last minute, kind of be inspired by what we were encountering. So there was a lot of change um, as we came to the places, as we met the people, as we experienced what we experienced. So, so yes, there was a script, um, but it was um, flexible.
0: <laughs> so tell me about were there moments where you would find yourself looking at the crew... Because I suspect, because of the subject matter that you were looking at, that you just looked at each other and went, "Wow, is this actually happening
1: yeah absolutely it was it was um there were lots of those moments, I mean, you know lots of you know you kind of set out with a topic like this and, and you kind of expect that a little bit you know we weren't filming potatoes or something, you know <laughs> looking for <laughs> these these this mystery, I suppose, mm. but we certainly found it i mean there were um you know, there was some corridor that made you cry. There were some experiences. Whare Ongo, Ongo um, just south of um, Gisborne, where the Kortse landed when they came back from um, Whare Cody, from the Chathams, from the exile. You know, in some ways we had to get a boat there. We had to clamber off. You know, it was pretty undignified um, watching me clamber on all fours. You know, all these kind of things. <laughs> but as a place, uh, sitting there with Hardy Williams it was just... Um, you know, the the power of Te Korti's vision, of what he accomplished, of of all of it, of that whakapapa, you know, all came kind of crashing back. It was just amazing experiences. You know, some of the sacred places of our people um, across the Motu, you know, Manga Pohatu, freezing coldest I think I've ever been.
0: Yeah, it's cold um, up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, remote is one way to describe it. <laughs> but, you know, such a powerful place, you know. Um, so these kind of experiences were happening. All the time, um, and they, you know, they're things I'll never forget, um,
0: ever. So, you know, amazing the
1: nature of the show, but also, um, you know, it still happened anyway, so, yeah.
0: And with those experiences also comes hilarity. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, there was,
1: <laughs> there was lots of that. Um, like I said, Tainu's fantastic. Uh, the rest of our crew, Leon Nabi, our, our cameraman, he um, is a fantastic cinematographer. He filmed The Whale Rider, he filmed The Orator, um, and he's got some of the greatest stories ever from <laughs> movie and, and the rest of our people, you know, it's that kind of interaction. But then, you know, we'd have... Um, uh, we're filming the scene on the wharf at Hokianga talking about the encounter of Christianity and Māori, you know, and kind of what... So they get me to do this little chemical reaction thing in this jar. Um, I almost fell off the wharf. I couldn't stop giggling, so and <laughs> then they didn't film my face because you know just those, those little things you encounter in life. Um, I had this um, revelation, um, which might almost be sacrilegious to you, but I was in the we were in the Uruweris, we were filming um, in the bush, and um, they had this brainwave. they sat me on this little by this beautiful creek in the bush and lit this fire. Um, and it was a fire, and they kind of it was kind of literally between my legs. I was sitting on this rock, and and it wasn't dramatic enough, so they kept putting more and more wood on the fire. And it, my my boots were literally steaming, and I was almost burnt to death by this fire. But it looks good in the filming. <laughs> but That was when I think I discovered the true meaning of the name <laughs> um with this fire. So it was uh, you know those kind of events happen. One of the fantastic things about everyone we talk to, you know, they, they believe, you know, they love their faith, they love, it gives them meaning, but they don't take themselves too seriously about it. You know, it was everyone had this, you know, sometimes we're talking about really terrible things, but still the sense of joy, you know, it was a real Marty experience, eh? it was wonderful.
0: So. Yeah. so how do you come down from that and readjust to normal life?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you do actually. Um I think I'm still looking for my next buzz now. I'm like a like a, a thrill seeker in terms <laughs> of Well, you know, for example, I'm gonna go back to um uh we're gonna go back to Ma- well, I'm gonna go back to to, to Parihaka, to, to these various places. Not just uh you know, it's not like a spiritual tourist or something. But it it's more about I I think there's still lots that I need to learn. Um, you know, some of it came through in the in the program, but um, this is really a journey now for me. So I don't think I really ever will come down. Um, you know, these movements, these vakaborda has so much to offer our people, especially as we move into this new kind of corporate post-settlement world for Māori. That I worry about our sense of purpose. You know, what what is it for? And these movements have some answers to that that I think our people need. So, you know, going back and 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 keeping those ties going, those some some of those beautiful people I've never met, um, you know, keeping those ties as well.
0: The fourth episode of The Prophets screens this upcoming Tuesday at eight o'clock on Māori television. Now it's only a seven episode series, so you better get cracking if you want to watch it.
1: How about a big clap?